Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now, Uncommon Sense with Leland Conway on 630KHOW, Denver's talk station. Let the fuse and run now, brother, because you ain't got a lot of time. she's up to what do you think the facebook whistleblower is really up to here i'll tell you what it is there's not enough censorship i think it's fascinating hey leland conway k house 630 denver's talk station i think it's fascinating that there have been complaints about facebook censoring people for years And Facebook has been kind of messing around with this at the margins. And nobody's been paying attention to it in Washington. And there's a reason for that, too, by the way. I'll get to that in a minute. But all of a sudden, we get a whistleblower that says, hey, guys, uh, I worked in the censorship department and we didn't censor enough. And now Congress wants to know more. Suddenly... Suddenly, we want to investigate. Suddenly, we want to dig deeper. Suddenly, everybody seems on board with the government regulating social media. These are dangerous times. Um, Frances Haugen testified before Congress yesterday, and she said, you know what? The buck stops with Zuck. Mark holds a very unique role in uh, the tech industry in that he holds uh, over 55% of all the voting shares for Facebook. Um, There are no similarly powerful companies that are as uh, unilaterally controlled. Um, And in in the end, the buck stops with Mark. There is no one currently holding Mark accountable but himself. And what what do you do with that, though? I mean, from a strictly business standpoint a lot of people own a lot more than 55 percent of their companies in fact how many times have we seen the age-old story of a guy who starts a business builds it from scratch and somebody pushes him out and makes sure he only has 49 percent of his company so he can't control its direction and his vision and his dream now granted this is a different kind of business but i just thought that was interesting well he's got 55 percent Like what, the government needs to come in and make sure no one ever owns 55% or 51% of anything? Is that how it's going to work? Mark Zuckerberg, in effect, is the algorithm designer-in-chief, correct? Um, uh, Is that Blumenthal talking? I think that's Blumenthal, isn't it? Yeah, it sounds like Blumenthal. Wasn't he the guy that lied about going to Vietnam? That's the one. Yeah, I thought so. I received an MBA from Harvard, and they emphasized to us that we are responsible for the organizations that we build. You ever watch that show, Frasier? All the time. Love that show. Uh, There was a whole episode on how he was always dropping in that he 
went to Harvard or Oxford. Well, it's one of those, how do you know if somebody went to Harvard? They they'll, tell you. They'll tell you. It's like, how do you know if somebody's from Texas? Oh, give them a minute. Yeah. Give them a minute. They'll how do tell you know you. if somebody's a vegan? They'll uh, tell you. They'll tell you. Yeah. They'll tell you. Actually, no. How do you know if somebody's a vegan? Yeah. They will tell you and then force you to be one. How do you know if somebody's gluten intolerant? They'll tell you. Yeah, yeah. Or they'll, lactose intolerant. Either one. They'll yeah. tell you. Why would you tell somebody you're lactose intolerant? Uh, like, why would you brag about that? I like, don't know. like they, the, the gluten people do. Well, I got a, I got a story we'll get to later that apparently the more you fart, the more chances are that you have some sort of mental illness. Mental illness. Yeah, like you you have uh, you're struggling with something, and like the more you struggle with stuff, apparently the more gas you create. Wow. Yeah, but why would you tell somebody that? <laughs> like, like <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm lactose intolerant. Like that's a great first line on a date. Like, where would you like to go? Oh, anywhere that doesn't serve anything made out of milk because, you know, I'm going to pass gas all night. Ew. Ooh, that's awesome. Um, Mark has built an organization that is very metrics driven. That is in, it is intended to be flat. There is no unilateral responsibility. The metrics make the decision. Unfortunately, that itself is a decision. And in the end, if he is the CEO and the chairman of Facebook, he is responsible for those decisions. Yeah, the buck stops with Zuck. There's no question. But here, again, where is she going? Um, I hate to to shoot the messenger, but there's been some interesting developments in her background. And I'm only telling you this because it's a good thing to know, because it's always, this is not about a character assassination. This is not about, like, you know, trying to silence a whistleblower at all. That's not my point. I just think you should know where she's coming from. Between 2015 and this year, she gave $80,000 plus to left-wing activist causes. She also donated to Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Now, why is that important? It's important in this context because you have to know what her worldview is because she's talking about something that affects every single one of you. Social media, whether you like it or not, frankly, whether you're on it or not, social media affects you. That's how big social media has become in people's lives. Even if you're not on it, it affects you in some way. And so that's why it's important to know where she's coming from. Now, again, not minimizing what she's doing other than to say that I think there's an ulterior motive here. I believe there is an ulterior motive here. And I believe that ulterior motive is to shut down one particular ideology and way of thinking in terms of being able to express itself. And it's interesting that this surfaces at Facebook and not Twitter. Don't you think that's interesting, Ryan? Because because it largely conservatives eschew Twitter. They don't, I mean, there's a lot of conservatives on Twitter. I'm on Twitter. You're on Twitter. But it's a mostly like they've done polls on this. The vast majority of people on there are liberals and the vast majority of people that are really, really active are progressives. Facebook is much more mainstream for say people like our parents. Right. Right. Baby yeah, it's a decidedly older audience, right. which tends to skew to the right. And I, th- I find it interesting that some of the conversations we've had, uh, I don't know if you still have it from yesterday or not. If you can pull it up, I don't have it in here. But I'll give you time to pull it up. What is that? Do you have the Don Lemon thing where he was talking about how oh, Facebook yeah. should be regulated? Oh, yeah, I'll get that in a second. Okay, see if we can pull that up. Because we didn't get to that yesterday, and I think it's an important thing. But let's kind of take this conversation to 30,000 feet a little bit for a second. Um, 
Do any of you guys, well, a lot of you probably remember the Fairness Doctrine. Rush Limbaugh kind of busted that up, right? It was, it was what, when, when that went away was what allowed Rush Limbaugh to become what he became. Obviously, talent made him what he was, but I mean, the, the way that he was able to become ubiquitous in households all across America was the elimination of the Fairness Doctrine. The Fairness Doctrine basically said that with radio or television, that you had to air both sides of every issue. And instead of saying, look, this is a privately owned enterprise and we can say whatever we want, right? And when that went away, it gave, ironically, when you got rid of the fairness doctrine, it provided a little more fairness in media, right? Because the vast majority of televised media, with the exception of Fox News, is left-wing. But the vast majority of talk media skews to the right. And there was that one Air America experiment that the, dem- the, the left tried to do. And frankly, it's just, it's kind of hard to listen to a progressive on the, on the radio. Because they, they're everything, I'm not, look, I'm not saying there aren't whiners on the right. But everything was just so acerbic. I love that you said frankly, and one of the founders of Air America was Al Franken. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, well done. But it just didn't fly. It wasn't entertaining. No. It's not that... It's well, because not, yeah. everybody can watch all the liberal outlets, CBS, NBC, right. ABC, CNN, MSNBC. We don't need more right. on talk radio. You already get that. Right. And and I'm not saying there aren't whiners on the right, because there sure are. But my point is, it, listening to leftists on the radio is just like listening to a teacher scratch a chalkboard with her, with her fingernails. It's just, it doesn't work. And so that, ironically, when the fairness doctrine went away, you had more fairness because you had more outlets. And then everything sort of balanced itself out and sort of the right kind of owned talk radio and the left kind of owned TV. And you mentioned the godfather, Rush Limbaugh, and I'll do credit to him because he was the revolutionary who changed the game. Sure. But there was every opportunity for a Rush Limbaugh of the left to happen, sure, sure. it never did. There was never anything that said that a leftist couldn't take a radio show no. and make it into a Rush Limbaugh-type powerhouse. And there are a few successful, more left-leaning talk show hosts in the country, and like they're very Howard good. Stern now. He didn't used to be, but he yeah, is now. Yeah, but his shtick is less, his shtick isn't really politics. I mean, it uh, is. Have he, you he, listened he, lately? Well, no, I haven't. It's all actually hard left stuff, Is it really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. He's more of a libertarian leftist, though, isn't was, he? Was. Really? Past tense. I did see some stuff where he's gotten way in on the whole vaccine thing. Cause he he's got not it. a libertarian, sir. Okay. Not well, anymore. I haven't listened I mean, to him in was, a long time. Yeah. Sure. But. Yeah. That's sad. But anyway, hey, you know what? He's got, he's successful. So God bless him. You know what? And I would never, ever in my wildest dreams declare that we should censor his point of view or because he changed to something I don't like. Cause you know what? I can turn the, t- I can turn the radio off. I can turn the TV off. I can change the channel. I can do something else with my time. But the reason why I'm talking about the fairness doctrine is because I think that is what Francis Haugen and the left's ultimate goal is, is to bring back government control of what can and cannot be said. That is the danger of what we're, what we're facing here. So believe me, I've spent a lot of time complaining about social media for social media censoring people from one point of view. I mean, think, you know, the other day we were talking about we live in strange times. Think about it. The Taliban is on Twitter and Trump is not. Does that make any sense? It doesn't make any sense, right? So again, 
Facebook seems to be where people that tend to be more on the right have gravitated. So I don't think it's, I don't think it is any kind of, um, I, I don't think it's a coincidence that we, we don't have a whistleblower from Twitter because that is mostly, mostly the left. And whenever anybody gets a little too far on the right, gets a little too out of the mainstream on Twitter, Twitter just shuts them down and deletes, deletes their account. Facebook will do that to you, too, by the way. I thought I had seen somebody alerted me that Donald Trump's Facebook page was back up, but I don't see that. How could it be? Because they just reviewed it a couple of months ago and said, no, they're going to keep it off until I get this right after the 2022 midterm elections. (laughs) Now, maybe they've changed their decision on that. I don't know. But this a couple months ago, they went through the review process and they're like, yeah, we're going to keep it and, and we'll review it after 2022. Which, that wasn't a coincidence at all. So, just keep in mind, apparently from what I read on The Federalist today, Francis Haugen was on the team that was tasked with censoring the Hunter Biden laptop story. Then you look at her donation history. And then you look at what her chief complaint is. Now, if you ask me, just I'm just going to throw this out there because this is what's relevant to you and me, Right. If you have kids, is it not concerning to you that Facebook had data that young teen girls were having mental problems as a result of the algorithms on Instagram? Like, is that concerning to you? It should be, right? It should be. So stack the stories side by side. We're not censoring people enough. Or we have a mental health problem with young girls. Which of those two stories for you, for your life, matters more? Probably the one about your daughter, right? Probably the one about your daughter comparing herself to perfect tens on Instagram because that's all Instagram shows her in her algorithm. That's probably the more concerning of the two stories, right? But who's talking about that? It's an also ran. Whenever you hear the media talk about it, it's like, oh, and also, get this, right? The big story is Facebook is fostering hate and violence. That's the big story. And so when you combine this, and I also think the timing is is rather interesting, don't you, Ryan, that we got this letter that was sent by the National Teachers Board or the National Education Board, whatever that is. Randy Weingarten? Yeah. Yeah. And it's sent to President Trump, or excuse me, President Biden, and five days later, the Department of Justice sends out a letter that says, hey, all these parents that are going to these school board meetings, we're going to look at them like domestic terrorists. And it's unnecessary, right? Because, again, we talked about this yesterday. If someone is threatening someone, that's a crime. We should prosecute that. Yesterday, there was a group of people that went to, I can't remember where this was, I think it was in Texas. But a group of people actually went to the house of a school board member. I saw that it was Sarasota, Florida. Sarasota, Florida. That's yeah, where it was. Yeah. They were waving American flags and don't tread on me flags. That was the one. Both of which are great in the right context. But in this context, I, I tweeted I was, I tweeted a video of it and they were like, hey, we know where you are, right? Go the frick home. That is not, not only is that not necessary, that is not acceptable. So that was people on the right, very clearly, by based on the signs and the flags that they had, 
That was not acceptable. You know, I look at it as your house, like it's kind of like castle doctrine, right? Your house is your castle. So as much as I want to make people that are in the public eye that have control or power over my life uncomfortable, you want to keep it in the spaces that are designed for that. And so these people going to her house, that's absolutely unacceptable. But the local authorities can deal with that. If you have somebody who sends an email to a school board member and says, I know where you sleep at night, the local authorities can deal with that and should deal with that. And that person should be prosecuted for threatening. This does not, when you have a bunch of parents across the country, instead of, this is the same thing where we fire healthcare workers because they won't take the vaccine, right? We have a pandemic we're dealing with. So what are we going to do? Let's cut our staff by X percent. Right. Same. It's the same mentality here. We have a we have a no one wants to know why this number of healthcare workers are deciding not to get the vaccine. Instead of sitting down and asking them that we just fire them. So now we have this situation instead of sitting down and asking these parents and saying, wait, maybe you have a legitimate concern about what's being taught or this entire philosophy that parents don't have a say. How many times 10 years ago, how many times did you hear? complaints in the school system where the school uh, superintendent would be like, I just wish parents would be more involved. I can't get parents involved enough, right? Well, guess what? Parents are here and they don't like what you're teaching their kids. That's not domestic terrorism. That's the people governing themselves. That's we, the people showing up at meetings where functionaries that we pay their salary because of our taxes. That's what that is. So I don't find it a coincidence that at the same time this whistleblower comes forward and says, you know, we got all this hate and raucous and rowdy and all this kind of stuff on Facebook. And it's the same time the DOJ says, you know, we're going to treat people that go to school board meetings and protest like domestic terrorists. That's not a coincidence to me. I think I find it very interesting, Leland, real quick, in that Democrats, the left, they're okay with these uh, radicals chasing Kirsten Sinema into a restroom. That's okay. That's a proper form of protest. But you can't show up to a school board meeting and express a point of view that might have a little bit of anger behind it. Jezebel, the leftist rag publication, tweeted, and Twitter left it up. Yes, let's bully Sinema. That's okay. But they want to treat parents that are concerned like domestic terrorists. Look, there's something going on here, and it's a fight for freedom of speech. We'll continue. I'm Leland Conway, 630K Out, Denver's talk station. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Wising up, because on election day, we'll see who's banned in the USA. They were prescient. 
two live crew was prescient. Well, and a lot more people should have stuck up for them. A back lot then. more people should have stuck up for them. I know they were vulgar and they were sure. offensive. Sure. And this was back when we talk about this big shift that's happened politically, Leland. In that the hard right was trying to censor people, take people down, Tipper Gore, oh, yeah. Oh, even yeah. with the censorship labels, the parental advisories, etc. It's et kind cetera. of funny that you put Tipper Gore on the hard right. Well, in this issue, she was aligned <laughs> the, with... The socially conservative people yes. were trying to censor people. James Baker's wife yeah. was one of them yeah. as well. And what was it? I, I remember the Tipper Gore stuff. She wanted to put... Um, she wanted. She's the reason. Isn't she the reason we have the explicit lyrics label on? She's part of that. Yes. Yeah. Because exactly. they were doing that, and then they were trying to mess around with like uh, movie ratings and things like that. I think too. Yep. Absolutely. Um, yeah. A lot more people should have stood up for the uh, Two Live Crew because even even offensive speech needs to be protected. Protected. Our founders understood that that offensive speech was. Like, again, who defines what it is? And that's ultimately, this is my big problem with Frances Haugen. She worked on a team whose job it was to define what was offensive on Facebook or what was, quote unquote, promoting violence on Facebook. It was it was her job to work on that stuff. And now she's coming forward saying we weren't allowed to do as much of it as we wanted to. And I'm telling you, man, this is the warning I have for you. If you think it's okay to ban speech. It's chilling. You're going to get more of what you're trying to stop. If you if you want to put people on a fast track to radicalization, try yeah. to shut them up. And you'll force them underground. Yep. Well, you we can't see them. You have to. I can't remember. Okay, I'm a talk show host and I'm a preacher's kid. Which means I have a big mouth <laughs> and I say a lot of things with my foot firmly planted in my facial orifice. Okay, that's my life. That is my life. You listen to me long enough, I'm going to say something's going to make you mad. Trust me. Heck, we got people mad at us yesterday because we were joking about <laughs> about, about uh, uh, William Shatner getting on a spaceship at 90, and I said he was probably going to die. And you might be right, and then I'm going to be really sad. I will too, actually. Oh, over under, does he wear the Star Trek suit? He's got to bring on. it with him. I mean, Come he might on. not wear it like during the while he's up there. You have to wear it. Yeah. You have to wear it. Then you know what he should do? The original yeah. from the 1960s but series. What he's got to do to make sure he lives is bring somebody else up there. Make them wear the red one because it was always the, the uh, person in the red yeah. shirt Instant. that died the, it was the, in the Star oh, Trek no, episode. No, that's right because yeah. the, the different colors right. were their level on the right. ship. Right. Spock wore blue. Right. Uh, Captain Kirk had like a tan. The I think, red most ones of the were time. more of like the assistants. They were the expendable ones. <laughs> they were expendable. Go get shot by the aliens. Expendable You're die. crew members. Yeah. Get so, eaten by that lizard octopus thing in the cave on the strange planet. Let me ask you this. Okay. Would you be the one to go up in space with Bill Shatner if you had to wear the red Star Trek shirt? Hell yeah, I'd go up. Die. Okay. I'd go up. I'd do everything I could to save his life. I would. Okay. What a, what a man. What to a guy. To be there in space. Like I said yesterday, who would have thought a 90-year-old civilian not like a 90 year old retired astronaut not like a 90 year old retired air force test pilot but a 90 year old guy whose only claim to space was that he he starred in one of the most famous space tv shows in history now gets to get on a spaceship and go to space at 90 years old god bless america totally that's awesome yeah, even though he's canadian but yes that doesn't matter yeah, the show was an American production, <laughs> by God. Yeah, he's he isn't he an American citizen now? Uh, maybe now, yeah. Maybe right. from Canada. 
Canadians. Canadians. I love Canadians. They're the oh yeah, seriously, they're the nicest people you'll ever freaking meet. And it makes you wonder, like, how do you elect such a dysfunctional government? I don't understand. Mm-mm. All the Canadians I know, they're like the nicest people. I did talk to a guy. I was on a cruise one time going up to Alaska, and we left from Vancouver. And there was a guy on the boat. This is total rabbit trail. Listen to me long enough. You know, all we're going to do is chase rabbit trails. It's what we do. Um, we're hanging out on the rail, and I just talk to people when I'm out and about. I, I just naturally strike up conversations. I like people. I'm, I, I like interesting people. This guy was a doctor. And this was right at the beginning of the debate over Obamacare. We had just passed it. And I asked him, I said, hey, you guys have a national health care system. What's that like? And he looked at me and he goes, you guys just made the biggest mistake you ever possibly could have made. Yep. And he goes, I'm a doctor in Canada. Oh, wow. you guys screwed up. Hmm. That's what he said to me. He said, you guys screwed up. So I thought that was interesting, but and he was right. nice guy. We stood, we stood and talked. We didn't just talk about healthcare. We talked about all kinds of things. Canadians are nice people. Someone horked our beer, eh? I mean, you'd have to be when you were that cold all the time. They're nice unless they work for the Border Patrol. Well, Dealing with them can be another no, issue that's, altogether. That's true. Yeah. You want to talk about a border that takes it serious. It's Canadian Mounties at the, uh, yeah. at the, at the border. <sighs> those guys, they don't, they're like, you know what they are? Is they're like rejects from the, um, those dudes that wear the big funky hats outside the palace in Britain. <laughs> you know what I mean? That you can't make them smile. They're like guys that tried out for that, but then got kicked over to Canada because they're pretty good at not smiling. Right. (laughs) Like they're like that guy. Biden couldn't seem to put two words together yesterday in his speech in Michigan. Uh, If I can get my thing to play here. here When you build a charging station, it's like back in the day when my grandpa worked for the American Oil Company back in the turn of the the 1920s in that area. They went from state to state convincing people Mm -hmm. that they they allowed them to put 20,000 gallons of gasoline under the ground. They didn't want them around. What? What, 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 What did he say? What was he talking about? Well, go, grandpa, back in the day of 1900s, 1920, one of them, you know. Oil underground. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. That's how I feel every time. Biden opens his mouth. I should have left the part on there where Billy Madison goes, a simple no, simple wrong would have sufficed. <laughs> yeah, he kind of mutters it. Simple wrong would have been okay. I mean, that's all Do you remember I really... the book that he was explaining prior to that? Like, that was his whole spiel. And it I do like not. It's been a long time since I've watched that from movie. from his kindergarten teacher. And, you know, fancy me, the Billy Madison expert here. But yes, <laughs> it was the puppy who lost his way. Oh, oh that's right. Yeah. yeah the puppy who lost his way. And he compared, way. like, the, the Industrial <laughs> Revolution... <laughs> <laughs> to the puppy who lost his way. Everyone is now dumber for what you've. I thought he was going to go into a story about corn pop because he said his grandpop. Well, and then I grandpop back so, home. So grandpop got in a fight with corn pop, and the hair was standing up on his legs on his thigh. God, the guy is just like, how can you? How can you listen to anything this guy says and go that that guy knows what's going on? And there's more because John Kerry. Admitted to uh, French TV that Joe Biden. Okay, so let me back up. Let me give you a little background on this. France got really mad at us. 
because we sold a bunch of uh, submarines to Australia because Australia is concerned about China. So we're like, here, here's some, uh, here's some submarines. And France had arranged, I guess, to sell Australia submarines, but ours are better. And frankly, probably the French ones are probably ours just repurposed. And then they were just going to resell them at a higher price. But anyway, that's beside the point. France got mad because they had a deal and we went around them and we sold them to, to Australia. And so um, they've been trying to smooth this over. And John Kerry goes over there and he's the climate czar. So I don't even know what he's doing in France. He ought to be saving carbon credits. Like there's no reason for him to get on a plane and fly to France, but he did. And he said, you know what, guys, I'm sorry, but Biden didn't even have to have any idea that happened. And uh, President Biden asked me about it. And I told him <laughs> and expressed. Uh, you told Joe Biden that it was not the right. He asked me, he said, what's the situation? And I explained exactly. Uh, he was he had not been aware of that. He literally had not been aware of what had transpired. And I don't want to go into the details of it, but suffice it to say, that uh, that the president, uh, uh, my president, is very committed to um, uh, strengthening the relationship and making sure that this is a small event of the past and moving on to the much more important future. All right. So there you go. I thought that was kind of funny because uh, John Kerry's known for going over to other countries and just saying things that I'm not sure the administration wants him to say, like when he wasn't even in the administration and he went to Iran and tried to broker a deal behind the scene, which broke the Logan Act and he should have been in jail instead of now the climate czar. But that's beside the point. Anyway, here he is saying Biden had no idea. I don't want to get into those details. I don't want to get into those details. How's Biden have no idea we're selling nuclear subs to Australia? He has no idea that we're doing much of anything. Exactly. How does the president of the United States not have any idea we're selling nuclear subs to another country, even if it's an ally? Don't tell me he didn't sign off on that. He didn't, actually. Probably somebody came into the office, grabbed his hand, took it out of the pudding bowl, put it on the pen, moved his arm so it would sign, and then took it off and did whatever they had to do. That would be Dr. Jill Biden. Okay. (laughs) Is that who's who's running the government? Do you think it's her or do you think it's Harris? Much more likely Jill at this point, because that's a lot easier to kind of block off True. everyone else. True. It's my and whole Edith Wilson conspiracy Yeah, theory. no, I got it. Yeah. Well, if I was in that situation, my wife would be running things, so I'm just saying. If I was president, my wife would run it, and Here's I'd be question, playing golf. And you're not going to like this question. All right, go ahead. If you had to pick one of these three to be president right now, <sighs> Biden, Harris, or John F. Kerry... Can I answer that after the break? Let's do that. It's good All right. I'm, I'm just going to answer that when we continue. I'm Leland Conway. It is 630 K-Hout, Denver's Talk Station. President Biden asked me about it, and I told him. I expressed uh, You told Joe Biden that it was not the right... He asked me. He said, what's the situation? All right, all right. So I got to answer your question now, don't I? You bought enough time, I think. You stalled enough. I even texted my wife. I was like, uh, what would you do? Because I don't know. I can't answer that. Like, they're all awful. Terrible. I mean, I guess I'm going to go, well, uh, the problem is not the person. It's the influences around them. Does that make sense? Well, yeah. So, like, what would Biden be if left alone? Well, he'd be eating pudding. Never mind. Um <laughs> I think this I think Harris is probably the the least qualified because of what 
Tulsi Gabbard exposed about oh, her. Just hammered her. That was with regards amazing. to her, her history in criminal justice and how unjust she was. So I guess I'm going to go with Carrie because if I had to choose between the three, mm-hmm. John Kerry's been vice president before. Mm-hmm. Wait, no, sorry. I'm sorry. Secretary, Secretary of State. State yeah. Duh. Yeah. Secretary of State. He's been a senator. He's been a senator for a long time, but he I mean, served none, in none Vietnam. Of the, none of the three of them ever had a real job. Right? Uh, I mean, no, I mean, Carrie I mean, well, is another one well, he married Harris up. had a job because she was a prosecutor. That's a real job. But I mean, like yeah. in the private sector. None of the three. I guess I'm going to go Carrie. I, and I don't know. I can't answer that question. It's difficult. I just can't answer that question. I'm going to go with Carrie, I guess, of the I three. I would also say Carrie, even though I would say the strongest vote, like the one I felt the Why mu- would you say Carrie? Some of the reasons you stated. Okay. He's, uh, I think, like you said, qualified I, I say mm. that even with with vinegar in my mouth right yeah but there's i was gonna say there's no vote i cast that i was more uh, kind of affirmed about than voting for george w bush in 2004 against right. john Kerry. right i was like yeah, I oh yeah do not want do you remember the, do you remember the uh famous duck hunting scene <laughs> where i'm john gonna Kerry, get me right well he put on the camouflage oh. and they and they went hunting that quote was unquote, hunting in Ohio, I think it was, or oh, Iowa or someplace like that. They you, were hunting birds. You and I are both hunters. Mm-hmm. And watching that, it was as bad he as... He had everybody else carrying the birds, which meant he didn't shoot anything. No, he didn't shoot anything. He didn't even on. shoot the gun, I'm sure. photo op. And right. What I was going to say is that was as bad or worse than Dukakis in the tank. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. And so phony. Yeah. And it was, and everybody knew it was... Um, but I don't know, man. I guess of the three of them, I guess the the one that's maybe – how do you say he's competent? That's most competent is going to be Kerry, I, I mean, guess. we would totally disagree with his worldview, oh, with sure. his politics, but he's a sane person. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he knows what's going on in the world. I'll go with that. That's I, what I, I'm going with. I mean, again – Did you have a message from the newsroom? I know, other than Susan really wanted to know which cart was coming up for oh, the okay. top of the hour news. <laughs> okay, and it's okay. either one, two, okay, or three. Okay. I feel like Monty Hall here. <laughs> it's one of the three. Is it door number one, All door right. number two, or door number three? So the number of people getting killed while taking selfies has tripled after the lockdowns. Um, this according to the Daily Mail. Getting the perfect selfie is a uh, high-risk activity for a lot of people. According to data from the UK firm Rhino Safety, there have been 24 selfie-related deaths this year compared to seven in 2020. Now, it doesn't clarify if these are in Great Britain or if that's all over the world. Are these what we see sometimes? It's like spam, but they send you these, like, oh, take a look at what this person did, and they took a selfie right before they died, like falling off a cliff, Yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah, there was a guy that did it um, and got hit by a train. Oh, God. Yeah. He was like, oh, look how close I am to the engine of the train. Is it, you know, and then there was, there's been a number of people that have fallen off of cliffs. There's been a number of people that have, I guess, apparently there's been a couple that have fallen into boiling hot springs in Yellowstone, taking <sighs> selfies. Um, you know what they called that when we were kids growing up in the 80s? Faces of death. Right. Yeah. Remember I, remember those, I remember those videotapes. <laughs> you rent those at the, yeah, at the, um, video store we had a little video store in a double wide trailer downtown and Perfect. right next to it they had a little snack bar where you could get a, a sub sandwich 
and then we'd get the faces of death and a sub sandwich and go back and watch that and then play Contra all night on Nintendo. <laughs> wow. I am dating myself. Um, <laughs> the problem of people trying to get the perfect selfie for social media caused uh, the former Soviet Union to issue selfie guidelines after people wounded themselves with self-inflicted gunshot wounds, pulled pins out of live grenades, and touched live wires. Can we not just let Darwin prevail sometimes? There was a show, wasn't there, called Darwinized? I just, sometimes if somebody wants to tie a bunch of freaking helium balloons to a lawn chair and take a six-pack of beer, and it lifts them up into sky, and then they fall to their death, it ain't that bad. It ain't that bad. Do we want that in the gene pool? Is no. what I'm saying. Apparently, falls are the most common and fata- uh, for fatalities as well as followed by drownings. So uh, the country with the most reported selfie deaths was India. The United States was second. And before mm. you make fun of the former Soviet Union for putting uh, selfie guidelines, our national parks put selfie guidelines in place this year for this very reason. Please just let Darwin take over in these cases. All right, coming up next, no kidney for you if you're not vaccinated, plus the DOJ getting involved in school board meetings. I'm Leland Conway, 630 KHOW, Denver's talk station. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.